here at KRBN. It's Friday. It's a, a bit of a cool Friday, but it is at least Friday. And it's time for Midday. Tyler Cavalli along with you. The cast of characters all here inside the studio. Jason will get us ready for high school football once again. Week four already. Craziness. And, of course, big weekend coming up for Husker football and UNK football. We'll preview that in a couple of moments. In sports, Dave Schroeder is in for Bob Rogan, who has today off as well. And he'll step in and tell us how stocks are performing to end this week. And, of course, in about 15 minutes, our own Paul Perkins will tell us how long these cooler temperatures are going to last. But let's head out to the eastern side of Nebraska. And our own Susan Littlefield is joining us probably for the back home for the first time in what feels like a month, I'm sure, for you. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. The dogs won't leave my side. <laughs> They're saying don't leave. You've been gone with State Fair and Husker Harvest Days uh, for the last month or so. Yeah, you know how corgis are. <laughs> right, I do. That I do. By the way, great coverage from Husker Harvest Days and seemed like things uh, went well for you guys. You know, it did. It was great. We, I mean, obviously, we had a lot of reports, and thanks to all of you guys in the studios, for getting them on the air but you know it was so much fun just to be able to catch up with not only the folks that were coming by but the vendors that were there and i think all in all everybody was just happy to be actually at an event and kicking the tires shall we say yeah i think you're right first time in two years husker harvest days back and the day at least when i was there uh, a lot of good buzz around a lot of people were there as well uh but what do we have coming up for midday here on this friday well, it is a Friday, so we are going to catch up with Al Dutcher here at 1219. Kind of getting a weekly summary of what's happening with this weather. It's definitely, as we all know, kind of got that roller coaster feel going on with the cooler temps today. Then at 1245, I sat down during Husker Harvest Days and talked with Congressman Don Bacon as he shares some issues in Washington, D.C., and the Midwest being a flyover ag states so we'll talk more about that then at 117 we continue our fnbo fridays in the field as alex catches up with ryan and talks about their operation near dwight one final time shares about pumpkins and what their operation does during the fall and winter months Mm. so that's going to be a midday from us okay sounds good and uh, we look forward to all that content appreciate you joining us and enjoy being home i will thanks so much all right thank you very much let's turn things over to jason jorgensen uh, somewhat of a big night, big weekend overall for football and, and college athletics. It's almost here, Nebraska and Oklahoma, tomorrow morning at 11. In fact, this time tomorrow morning, it will have already been underway. That's true. It's I wonder what the it. score will be. Suppose it'll still be close? I No, I don't. I don't suppose. I got to thinking about this. I, I, think it, I think it'll be a lot like last year's Ohio State game, where Nebraska will come out and make some plays and make it interesting. Mm. But scheme only works for so long. Yeah, I like your optimism. Talent takes over. I like your optimism. That's good. We'll see. We'll we'll talk about the game. Also, we'll talk about uh, all of the stuff happening at Carnegie with UNK. They got a busy week for Mm -hmm. sports. All right, good stuff. Uh, Dave, how are stocks looking so far? Well, stocks are edging lower on Wall Street as the market heads for a week ending to an up and down week. The S and P 500 has uh, slipped downward 33 points. The Nasdaq down 157, and the 30 industrials down 173 points. The benchmark index has alternated between gains and losses uh, every day this week. Okay, all right, good stuff coming up on midday. Uh, thanks. Time for regional ag weather update brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. And well, if you're in the Franklin area, south of Kearney, along the Nebraska-Kansas border, uh, from Alma to Franklin, 
It's, uh, it's a little wet down there. Yeah, just a newly issued here flood advisory for all of Franklin County in south central Nebraska until 2.30 this afternoon. Doppler radar indicating some heavy rain has fallen from some thunderstorms that have been pretty much parked over that area. Minor flooding is ongoing, expected to begin shortly. Between one to two inches of rain has fallen in the Franklin County area. Some locations that will experience some of that flooding include Franklin, Napanee, and uh, Bloomington. That's mainly where the showers and thunderstorms are right now. Most of it right over the Riverton area in between Franklin and Red Cloud on it to north central Kansas to just near the Phillipsburg area. Also some stronger thunderstorms from about Densmore to south of Lenora. Some lighter activity from about Hildreth and Blue Hill on over to Shickley in southeast Nebraska. So most of the rain starting to taper off across the area. Yeah, I tell you what, since I came in here uh, at 10 a.m., that system by Franklin and Phillipsburg has just been sitting there. It's moved a little bit. It was near Alma and it's moved east a little bit, but I'm not surprised that a flood warning has been issued because that system's just been churning in the same area. Yeah, no warnings with it right now, and there may be a little bit of a potential for some small hail just in the north of, northwest of Phillipsburg with that system right now, maybe up to half inch in size. Otherwise, as we all have uh, obviously known this morning, it's uh, it's a little cool outside. <laughs> Definitely. Upper 50s to low 60s for most of us right now. Still in the upper 40s and low 50s in the southern part of the Nebraska Panhandle. Kimball with the camp temperature here right now at 49 degrees. That still compares with areas in southeast Nebraska in the mid-upper 70s where that cold front still hasn't quite arrived. Low to mid-70s over much of northern Kansas from about Smith Center on into the northeast, but farther south in Kansas, especially from about Salina to Kansas City and points to the south. Those temperatures in the upper 70s to the low 80s, so big spring spread in our temperatures thanks to the cold front moving through. In behind the passage of that strong cold front today, as much as 10 to 15 degrees cooler than average. Closer to that front, a few more thunderstorms do remain possible across the central and east through about this evening. Northeast winds off high pressure over Minnesota, keeping our skies mostly cloudy. A little more uh, sunshine expected as you head towards the west later on in the day. A ridge of high pressure building east onto the plains, quickly warming our temperatures to slightly above normal for tomorrow and into the mid-80s to around 90 by Sunday. So enjoy the cool weather while it lasts and maybe open up those windows to give the A.C. a break. Temperatures cooling back to seasonal on Monday with the cold front moving through the area. A scattered thunderstorm chance to start to return with that front's passage as soon as Sunday night, lasting into Monday night. Behind that front, it will once again be about 10 degrees cooler than ever. On Tuesday, a ridge of high pressure returns by the middle of next week. Wednesday and Thursday, our temperatures will be seasonal before above normal temperatures and dry weather really take hold for an extended period of time. In the long-term forecast, our overall temperatures likely to be warmer than normal for Nebraska and Kansas. Wednesday through the last day of this month, especially that last week of September, it will be mostly dry with below normal rainfall. Wednesday through the end of the month for Nebraska and Kansas, really looking good for harvest to get underway. For the month of October. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures very likely to be warmer than normal. Rainfall for most of Nebraska in the month of October will be near normal, while extreme southern Nebraska and all of Kansas with below normal rainfall. Key weather factors influencing the markets include a chance for heavy rain in the Corn Belt this next week and a delay in the start of central Brazil's wet season. A pair of cold fronts will cross the northern U.S. The leading front, currently stretching from the upper Great Lakes to the central plains, will weaken while it tracks through 
through the Midwest. This trailing front for early next week, pushing across the nation's midsection, accompanied by some gusty winds and widespread rain. On into western areas of Nebraska, into eastern Wyoming. Temperatures getting down into the upper 30s, not frost or freeze levels, but getting much chillier. For much of the southern and the northern plains, for rain early next week, it could be on the heavier side, but right now that's not a certainty. Most of the southern plains expected to see rain that is more widespread next week, but there are now indications western areas of the southern plains will stay dry. For the Midwest, widespread rain also not a certainty. Soil moisture, though, in the Midwest still favorable for winter wheat planting and establishment, but is on the decline. Southern Brazil continues to see some timely rains for winter wheat and soil moisture for corn and soybeans. What? season, though, is delayed in central Brazil. Central Brazil expected to stay mostly dry through the end of this month with only isolated rain in the forecast for Mato Grosso. Soybean planting in central Brazil in need of more rain before that planting starts to really pick up. All right, so for those that are wanting to get back in the field and cut silage, maybe beginning again tomorrow or Sunday at the latest? Yeah, a little bit of a delay here. Just uh, those rains mainly light that did move through across mm-hmm. the area this morning, uh, but it looks like, yeah, really warming up over the weekend. That'll help in the process and maybe a small chance of some showers and thunderstorms Sunday night into Monday night. Really doesn't look to be a big rainmaker for that. Okay, sounds good. And the rains that we're seeing in the southern region of Nebraska and northern Kansas right now should eventually just dissipate. Yes, uh, they're starting to dissipate as they move to the east. Maybe a little bit of reforming of those, but probably those stronger thunderstorms and better chances for rain farther to the southeast later on. All right, sounds good for a full weekend of forecast. Where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you, Paul. Side label directions. Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network, and it is time for our weekly conversation with Nebraska's ag climatologist, Al Dutcher. Al, we made our way through Husker Harvest Days with uh, very good weather, but again, like you said, the roller coaster of temperatures continued. What do we have in store for us here for the next week or two? Well, Chad, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I already know that my head is on a platter on this forecast just simply because the models, at least the GFS model, has been all over the place this week in regards to the timing of the trough that we've been talking that's been talked about pretty frequently that coming in early next week and the subsequent systems that might follow it. Depending on how the model treats it in any given day, the first system, that one that is expected to still come out on Tuesday, either moves rapidly, it either cuts off, or it doesn't dig as deep. And that seems to each day something different solution comes out. So we're going to go with the solution as it presents us right now. We'll see a rapid warm-up of temperatures as we get ridging building into our region. But the Pacific Northwest trough will start to migrate across the northern Rockies as we go through the weekend and start to intensify as we get into Monday, meaning that it'll start to dig deeper and that'll start pulling cooler air into the northern plains. The biggest question is, is where does the precipitation develop along this system? Right now, the best opportunity would be from northeast Nebraska up through Minnesota and the eastern Dakotas. If this system slows down, then we would see a much better return of moisture into the system and see more widespread precipitation across at least the eastern half of Nebraska. We're not throwing the precipitation under the bus, so to speak, but right now the, the latest month moves this system rather quickly toward the Great Lakes. So we're only going to see a day or two cool down temperatures in the 70s before the ridge builds back in. It's the next system behind that is the ultimate question, and it either 
the system cuts off portion of the trough in the southwestern United States, or that system basically develops much deeper into the central plains and we fetch that Gulf moisture up into our region. That system projected to come out as we get into the 24th and 25th of the month, which is basically next weekend. So that's going to be the big uncertainty. The next system behind that is targeted as the 28th. And right now, the latest GFS models are keeping that to the north of us and intensifying it over the Great Lakes. So we may see a little bit of a cool down for a day or two. Most likely that would be across northeastern Nebraska, maybe extreme eastern Nebraska less so of an impact across western Nebraska. So overall, there's three troughs over the next 10 days that are going to move across the country. Each one of them in each day of this run this week is given a different solution. Just know that there's an active pattern. The most intense system at right now being presented is Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we start to see a gradual moderation of those troughs and pushing the colder air to the east of us. Then we, as we see that 28th trough pass through the region, it does appear from the GFS model standpoint that we was a high pressure take into control over the central plains as another big trough comes in the Pacific Northwest. But it looks right now from this standpoint that that trough, based on the speed that's being depicted right now, wouldn't come into our region until we got into around the 4th to the 6th of October. My biggest concern would be as each of these troughs comes into the region, how much wind are we going to develop at the surface that could cause some lodging problems or some issues in regards to their early soybean harvest. I do expect fairly high winds ahead of this front as it moves through the region. As always, great information, great insight. Thank you much. That's Nebraska's ag climatologist Al Dutcher here on the Rural Radio Network. Chad Moyer reporting. Sustainability. It is time for Midday Sports. Sports Director Jason Jorgensen is now joining us. Big weekend for UNK, for the Huskers, for high school. I mean, this is a great weekend overall. It's so much different from this time a year ago. True that. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma tomorrow. The Huskers will go into that one. Still about a 22-point underdog. Look for the folks at Fox to have plenty of uh, time killers already lined up. (laughs) Stock video footage as they celebrate the game of the century 50 years ago. You know, it would have been so much more exciting if the Huskers were just a little bit better and had any kind of chance in this game that you could really hype it up to, you know, going back as the game of the century. But, man, it just is so lopsided. But I'm sure your boy, Gus Johnson, (laughs) will try tomorrow to pump life into that game. He's going to be pumping life on one end more than the other. Yeah. No, hey, Gus is great. Great, 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 great guy. Be fun. UNK aims for its first 3-0 start since joining the MIAA as the Loopers host 2-0 Washburn tomorrow. Now, two years ago, the Ichabods rolled into Kearney and whipped the Loopers 57-41. And Coach Josh Lynn says UNK is out to make sure that doesn't happen again. You know, there's a couple times that I've been really disappointed with our football team, and there's only been a couple since I've been here for five years, and I was really disappointed after that game with our effort, you know, both coaches, players, just the way we handled the game, um, our effort during the game. And, and, you know, that's the, one of the few times I can I can say that. But, you know, after that 19 game, they got after us, and, and you know, we didn't play our best football that day. That was a bummer. It was 21 nothing, 48-14 before the Lopers knew what hit them. 
Uh, hopefully tomorrow will be different. Kickoff is set for one. We'll have the game over on 93.1 The River and 106.9 in Kearney. So, you know, at about that time, about 1 o'clock, after the Huskers are just getting whatever beat out of them, Head on over to 93.1 The River or 106.9. Or, or show up at Cove Stadium. There'll, there'll be that room too. for you. Mm-hmm. Conference season begins tonight for the UNK volleyball squad. UNK moved to number one in the polls this week thanks to their 8-0 start. And head coach Rick Squires feels the Lopers continue to develop at a good rate. Yeah, I thought we got better throughout the tournament. And, uh, you know, we were able to continue to develop as a team a little bit and you know i think those first two weekends are just important for you to kind of you know evolve a little bit unk hosts emporia state tonight at six then tomorrow night a big matchup against third-ranked washburn that also starts at six if you can't make it out both of those matches can be heard on the river hastings college football team they're zero and two they'll host jamestown tomorrow at one interesting game for kansas state tomorrow they will be at home mm-hmm. against nevada and again they'll be playing without quarterback Skyler Thompson, and hopefully they can find a way to, to get some things done without him, because last year when he was hurt, that's when things went downhill, and Nevada's decent. Yeah, this is a game, you know, being at home could probably win, especially if you were healthy overall, but Kansas State, you know, that's another team that is, they're kind of rallying as well. I mean, with a good coach and, and things are going well, they're, they're improving in the last couple of years. High school football tonight here on the Blowtorch is Loomis at Overton, and you will have the call of Lexington at Crete. Yep, should be a fun night overall. And uh, by the way, I, I need to mention this because he does a great job. Uh, Christian Schwartz will have the high school football scoreboard show at about 1045, I believe, right here on KRV. when it uh, rolls in, so we'll have everyone covered tonight. Also, hope you and Darren do not have to spend any extra time in the Crete uh, press box at Doan, like you and I had to mm. <laughs> a couple, a handful of years ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> With the lightning delay uh, before the game started, it was about two hours, wasn't it? I mean, at least, we, yeah. By the time we kicked off, it was about when we should have been done, if I remember right, or we have been close. Yeah, it was. Or at least halfway through. It's a long day. Now, but that is a nice press box. It is. And looking at the radar, we, you know, knocking on wood here, we, we, uh, we should be good out, out east. There's nothing showing up on that area. I don't want you to leave there and being an old man. Well, that may happen regardless. <laughs> All right. Thank you. This station. The University of Nebraska's campuses will waive the undergraduate admissions application fee for Nebraska students from September 20th through October 3rd, part of an ongoing system-wide effort to expand access and encourage college going among students and families. Beginning Monday, resident students using NU's shared application for admission to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, University of Nebraska at Omaha, Kearney, and the Nebraska College of Technical Agriculture may have the $45 application fee waived. Both first-time freshmen and transfer students applying for admission for fall 2022 are eligible for the waiver. When applying, students should select free waiver and enter the code NU4NE to have the fee waived. During his time as Union Pacific, CEO Lance Fritz has had to find ways to keep the freight moving during the coronavirus pandemic as the economy nearly ground to a halt and then roared back to life. Now he is working to help clear up a major backlog in imported shipments. The economy still appears strong, but shipments have slowed a bit as the Delta variant has driven a surge in virus cases. Fritz said he thinks the infrastructure package Congress is considering would provide a significant boost to the economy over the next several years.
Nebraska's unemployment rate for August of 2.2% was the nation's lowest and the lowest on record for the state. The Nebraska Department of Labor said today the August rate was down slightly from July's rate of 2.3%, and the 2.2% is the lowest since Nebraska began keeping records of unemployment data in 1976. The total for non-farm employment in August stood at 1.019 million. The Nebraska's unemployment rate is the lowest in the nation ahead of number two, Utah's 2.6% rate. The nation's unemployment rate for August was 5.2%. A 60-year-old Brooklyn, New York man kicked off his 500-mile walk across Nebraska to raise awareness and money for a 5-year-old Kozad girl battling cancer. Jim Hickey plans to cover 15 miles a day on this walk. Over the past couple decades, he has completed cancer walks for children and adults across the country who are battling cancer. Patience Hansen's mother, Tara Meyer, says the outpouring of love and support has been overwhelming. I'm very thankful for everybody's help and support. Um, It means a lot to me and my family, Um, her dad. It's just for thankful. Links to donation pages can be found on the Prayers for Patients Facebook page. You can find more news at krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Ellen Holbrook. The 2021 Husker Harvest Days is all wrapped up for a year, and a busy one it was. Hi, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. A lot of folks in the political realm stopped by Husker Harvest Days over the three days, and I had the opportunity to sit down with Congressman Don Bacon. Congressman Bacon represents the 2nd District here in the state of Nebraska. One of the things that he had brought up in a discussion with a variety of constituents was looking at the leadership when it comes to those in Washington, D.C., and where they live, the West Coast, the East Coast, and what they think of the Midwest and agriculture. Well, thank you, Susan. I appreciate uh, you having me on. You're right. You know, Joe Biden's from Delaware, Schumer's from New York, Nancy Pelosi's from San Francisco, and this is flyover country for them physically and I think mentally. Uh, their policies are bad for farmers and ranchers, uh, they're not thinking of the Midwest. We see that with their threats of you know, stup- getting rid of stepped-up gains, uh, increasing the capital gains taxes on farms that are being passed on from one generation to the other generation, lack of attention on trade, lack of attention on ethanol, and I could go on and on. They do not have the farmer ranchers in their hearts. My understanding, too, you're going to be holding the, the chairman of the House Ag Committee uh, f- feet to the fire, shall we say, on a few promises that are being made. Yeah, he said last Friday that getting rid of stepped-up bases would devastate farmers, but that he could not guarantee that it would not be in the bill. And today we don't know if it's going to be in the bill or not. The President, Biden, proposed it to get rid of stepped-up bases, which is terrible for farmers. The Senate version with Bernie Sanders has that in there. Right now in the House, it wasn't in there as of this morning, but they were only one day in out of two days of their markup. So it depends what they do today. But regardless, we're going to have to track this all the way through And we need to remind people that the chairman of the Ag Committee, a Democrat, said that stepped-up bases and getting rid of it would be devastating to farmers. And we're going to remind them of that every every step of the way through if it's in the final bill. You are having the opportunity to spend outside of your district in the 3rd District at Husker Harvest Days. What type of interaction have you had with with farmers and ranchers as they walk around the show? Well, I've had a great time talking. First of all, it's it's great to be out of D.C. 
One, two, I'm a farm boy. Uh, I was raised on a farm until I was 21. And I joined the Air Force. So walking around here, I feel like a kid in a candy store. And the equipment's like twice the size of when I was a farm kid. So it's fun to walk around. But I've had you know, great dialogue on whether it's farm policy, but it could also be national security, Afghanistan, uh, you name it. Uh, what's it like in Washington? Uh, why is the speaker... Uh, so bad. I've got, gotten a lot, a lot of questions along those lines. And I said, well, th- that's our job. We need a new speaker, November 2022. 20, and uh, that means we got to elect at least five more Republicans to replace that speaker. WOTUS, what is your thoughts on how this continues to be changed? And it just doesn't seem to keep the path that it originally had hoped it be. Well, it's another example of this being flyover country uh, for Biden, Pelosi, Schumer. Uh, you know, President Obama put in WOTUS or Waters of the U.S., that really took a lot of land off of use for farmers and ranchers. That if it was, you know, wetlands or a, a big puddle became a lake to them, and a little creek became a river to the, to the uh, Obama administration. President Trump came in and fixed that, where it was not an issue. And now Biden's coming in and says, "Hey, he wants to go back to what Obama did." So uh, this is going to be a fight to stop this. And uh, in the end, he's going to cost himself all the Midwest votes. Uh, by doing this, and it's uh, you know, it's really the Green New Deal thinking over reality, and that's what this is about. Whether it's 30 by 30 or, or better, um, the better, I can't even think of it, what he calls that package, build, build, build better, build better back, um, it just seems like the component of agriculture disappears. Yeah, so we you know we're, the, the uh, Speaker Pelosi wants a $3.5 trillion bill, it, it aligns with Bernie Sanders' vision, you know, the Democratic Socialist grab bag of policies. Uh, in there, and part of that bill is about a $91 billion agriculture portion of that $3.5 billion. Out of that $91 billion, zero, zero is for production agriculture. It's going to conservation, a whole variety of issues, but not going to corn, soybeans, beef, cattle, pork, and, you know, the, 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 the cornerstone of agriculture. So what do, we need to, what do we need to do to get that changed? We need a new Congress. Ultimately, because they're going to try to pass this on a party line vote, we got to pressure. I would say moderate Democrats. It just takes four Democrats to switch their votes on this, and it, and it ends it. So we, you know, people like uh, the moderate or the Democrat from Iowa, the Democrats from Minnesota, maybe Colorado, but some of these. There's we got one in Kansas. They need to feel the pressure from the Midwest saying, "Hey, this is bad for Midwest agriculture, which is the mainstay of our economies uh, here is agriculture." And so, uh, so we got to put pressure on them, and maybe we can get four Democrats to switch. It takes only one senator to do it, but they're going to try to do a party line vote, and ultimately, we got to get a check and balance back in the system and get a new majority in 2022. Those comments coming from Congressman Don Bacon. He stopped by to talk to me during Husker Harvest Days about issues in Washington, D.C., and how it's affecting those in Nebraska. During his time at Husker Harvest Days, he also made comments with Nebraska Farm Bureau's President Mark McCart and Governor Pete Ricketts on what was happening with tax proposals in agriculture. I'm Susan Littlefield of the Rural Radio Network. Is always on. It is time for the Midday Business Report, and Dave Schroeder has stepped in. And Dave, how are the stocks looking so far at, at this point? Well, the stocks are on a downward trend. Mm. Uh, Dow Jones Industrials down 183 points. The uh, uh, the uh, 
Standard & Poor's down 37 points, and the NASDAQ down 142 points. Stocks did fall broadly in morning trading on Wall Street as the market heads for a feeble ending to an up-and-down week of trading. And uh, technology and communication companies were the biggest drags on the market. Companies that rely on direct consumer spending rose. Energy prices fell. The yield on the 10-year Treasury note rose to 1.3% from 1.33% a day earlier. Nebraska's unemployment rate for August of 2.2% was the nation's lowest and the lowest on record for the state. The Nebraska Department of Labor said the August rate was down slightly from July's rate of 2.3%. The 2.2% is the lowest since Nebraska began keeping records of unemployment data in 1976. During his time as Union Pacific CEO, Lance Fritz has had to find ways to keep the freight moving during the coronavirus pandemic as the economy nearly ground to a halt and then roared back to life. Now he's working to help clear up a major backlog in imported shipments. The economy still appears strong, but shipments have slowed a bit as the Delta variant has driven a surge in virus cases. Fritz said he thinks the infrastructure package that Congress is considering would provide a significant boost to the economy over the next several years. And that's a check of the latest in business report. I'm Dave Schroeder. Social media app TikTok has announced new ways to help support their users' mental well-being. A blog post on the company's website notes they, quote, care deeply about our community and we always look for new ways in which we can nurture their well-being. The site already has rules that prohibit content about suicide, self-harm, and eating disorders, and now they're rolling out new well-being guides to support people who choose to share their personal experiences on the platform. TikTok says they developed guidance with the International Suicide Prevention, Crisis Text Line, and Live for Tomorrow, as well as work with the National Eating Disorders Association and BodyWise. The guides can be found in the Safety Center or when a user searches for certain terms. In announcing the guides, TikTok also said they will beef up their existing warning labels for sensitive content. The Wall Street Journal reported that over the past three years, studies show social media can have a harmful effect on young users. With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson. We are back for the final episode of Fridays in the Field, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank, visiting one last time with Ryan Pekarik of Pekarik's Produce. Ryan, first of all, thanks so much for letting us see what you guys do during, during the growing season. I know you guys are, are busy all year round, but right now it's bustling still and it's a Saturday morning. What do you guys have going on here? Uh, we are making the switch out of summer and into fall. Uh, the summer crops like cucumbers, tomatoes, green beans, uh, summer squash are starting to slow down. We'll still go on those for a couple more weeks. Um, but we're standing here in the middle of the pumpkin display. We've got um, small pumpkins, big pumpkins, flat ones, round ones, tall ones, skinny ones, um, all ready to go right on the display on Highway 15. So pumpkins are something that people start to think about this time of year, but it's something you guys prep for all year round. Are, are there any tips and tricks you guys use to get all these pumpkins ready? 
Um, I don't think there's anything more special than anything else we grow. Uh, we planted them back around Memorial Day, uh, around the 1st of June. Uh, we'll go through them a couple times to keep weeds down, and we have to manage uh, rootworm beetles or cucumber beetle during the summertime. Um, they like a lot of water when they're sizing up, which would be just like raising corn or soybeans. You want a bunch of water while it's sizing up. And then the main thing is just make sure they're plenty mature, have a matured skin when we start harvesting them in the fall. And if I understand correctly, you guys are inviting people out to come and get their pumpkins, right? Yeah, most of the, we sell a few pumpkins to a couple small grocery stores, but the overwhelming majority of them we sell right off the highway at the farm. Okay, well, as we look into the future, obviously we won't be catching up, but what do you guys do after this? Um, we are still working through potatoes in the field. We have beets and carrots coming in the field. We'll probably plant some more stuff in the greenhouse, salad crops, lettuce, spinach, radishes, turnips. Um, we have still more pumpkins to harvest. We have two acres of cabbage and broccoli out in the field. So we'll work in the field until mid or early November. Um, when the ground gets cold, I've got a pallet of cover crop seed in the shed that we'll start working on. We've got rye, oats, peas red clover ready to go for cover crop seed as we clear out vegetable fields. Um, we've already got the early pre-buy forms for vegetable seed in the mail, just like your row crop seed. Um, so we're starting to think about where we'll put the jigsaw puzzle next year in 2022. And we still have a good 60 days of harvest left in 2021. Okay. Bouncing off of that, do you have any new visions for next year? Uh, manage labor better for next year would be my other one. We got some uh, H-2A employees late in the summer. Hopefully we'll get them earlier next spring so we can run a big crew. I need to be in a position where I can manage the farm and not have to work on the farm so much. So um, if I have more time to drive and think and have to do some of the grunt manual labor less, that means we f we're functioning better. All right. Well, Ryan, as we round up this conversation, what else is important to mention that we have not touched on yet? Uh, come out and see us. Get your pumpkins, get your fall display, get some food to eat um, as we go into the fall. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for this time and, and the entire growing season for letting us come out to Picard's Produce to see what you guys do. It's been fun to follow you along. So thanks so much. That again is Ryan Picard of Picard's Produce located just near Dwight, Nebraska in Butler County. You can find more about Picard's Produce by going online to com. That'll do it for this final episode of Fridays in the Field from Dwight brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network with a check of your closing grain trade now with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the daily newsletter This Week in Grain. John, coming into the close today, it is another day of red really across the entire grain complex. How are we looking here when we look more into like a monthly view or a weekly view? Have we really done any damage to the charts or really moved any direction? Not really on the charts. I think today's high there at 540 or we'll call it close to it in corn and then 13 plus whatever, a couple cents in beans. They're going to be tough to crack, in my opinion, in this very short run. We've got harvest picking up here this weekend. Uh, really, I estimates by this time next week we'd be 20% complete. So I think you're, um, you're going to look at supply that will be available. The question really is what the farmer does with it. And I think, you know, there's – there's no wrong right answer to that. You know, you're not going to time it right. But I think a lot of folks are going to look towards the, the 
game plan from a year ago, which is store it up, hold it, rates are low, you know, run it, run it lean, and and try to keep as much supply on hand so that next summer you can get the same kind of rally we saw this year. We're seeing the U.S. dollar appreciate in value over the last couple days, breaking back above 93. China, though, and through its state newspapers and things, is instructing banks not to encourage speculation on the yuan. With the Evergrande collapse, is there concerns? Yes, China's buying right now, but will they be able to take delivery, or will there be any issues with final payment? Oh, I don't think there'll be any issues with final payment. I think at some point, somebody will step in and take that supply. I think, like, in my newsletter this morning, it, uh, this is two years ago. This is a huge deal. You know, rates are higher globally. Everybody's kind of looking at a recovery trade that's going to get a hiccup. But China can taper this over, borrow money at 0% from the United States government, and simply pay off creditors. The problem is that it instills what a lot of folks are going to call moral hazard, and that only begets more risk-taking. So China right now is trying to get in front of their currency markets and essentially trying to dissuade uh, the inflation trade because that's kind of like a fire in a way where as soon as people start to estimate or assume that the price of the yuan is going to weaken, people will sell it and it'll weaken further. So China's trying to play, uh, you know, I mean, it's essentially a manipulated market, which they'll really admit. Uh, I think we have to uh, be careful not to see the force of the trees here, and I don't think it really matters when it comes to the grain trade. That's John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing Chicago, publisher of the Daily Newsletter This Week in Grain. If you want to sign up for This Week in Grain, John's newsletter, where he goes in detail, explains some of the points we've talked about here and more, visit danielsagmarketing.com. Again, that's danielsagmarketing.com. There you can sign up for his free newsletter and, and receive that in a daily uh, format. Do remember, though, trading futures and options of all risk of loss may not be suitable for investors. Consider these risks before investing. Thank you, Clay. That'll wrap up midday here on this Friday. Catch the midday podcast from today or earlier this week. Available online at krbn.com.